Welcome everybody to a new episode of Perspective today in episode 6. As always, you are here with me and Beatrice, as always with you. <laughs> as always, this is the duo that will always be here no matter what. And today we decided to mainly and firstly, well, somewhere along the way firstly, answer the question, why do I prefer English than my mother tongue? And this is question, my personal question and also question that everybody is asking me. Uh, but we will also talk about languages in general. So right now in the small studio that we are sitting, we have fluently Polish, English, Italian, French, and oh, that's it, I guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> With a little bits here and there of Hungarian. <laughs> yeah. And I can understand Spanish, not speak, but I can understand pretty much everything if they speak slowly and they explain the slang. I can pretty much catch everything. <laughs> so well, for me, it's this, well, maybe not the same, but uh, Serbian. Um, Serbian is very close to Polish, but at the same time, they need to speak slowly. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. But I can understand like 70% no problem, even to a point, because I have some Serbian friends uh, on Facebook and when they share posts, if I really focus on reading, I can also understand because it's similar uh, spelling as well. That's the magic of languages belonging to the same family, something that Hungarians, unfortunately, will, will never, never understand. <laughs> <Yeah. no>. So, <laughs> And uh, Ukrainian and Russian, very, very basics, I can understand as well because, again, the same family mm -hmm. of languages. Yes. But with that... <clears throat> So to split then the languages to to people, uh, I only know Polish and English. I only know. <laughs> well, okay. well, it's only one other language. So for me, it well, is only still. because for you, it's three languages. Well, yeah, but I also must say that, I mean, I'm cheating here because I studied languages. So in my life, I have also made that kind of my job. So... I am kind of cheating here, uh, yeah. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> but with that, we both said multiple times before that we lived outside of our countries. So I lived uh, in Portugal and now in Hungary. Uh, you lived back in France and now in Hungary as well. That's why we are here. But did you ever had feeling that your brain works better in other language than Italian? Oh, well, that's a hard question because I, um, I've i had a kind of a um, original experience because um, I didn't learn English in school. But I cannot really say that I learned it because I have... A, parent who comes from another country, from an Anglophone country, because it was actually my mom. She's Italian, 100% Italian. She just has this knack for languages. She loves languages and she's one of those people I envy so much because the moment they enter in a room and in that room they're speaking in a language, she's going to absorb everything and come out of that room knowing the basics. And, um, and you know, some people... 
If you asked that question to my mom, she would definitely say yes, American English is her her only really honest way she can express herself fully. It's kind of like Benny Goodman with his clarinet, you know? Some people just have another channel of expression of communication that is a lot easier for them and for my mom that was the English language and so that's why she spoke to me in English even though we were living in Italy uh, throughout my childhood and um, so for me the two languages Italian and English always went kind of together um, for most of my life I've always kind of thought in both languages um, Although Italian has, it has had a different meaning for me. Because for me, Italian is the language I wrote in. So in some way, Italian is the only language I really cannot um, live without. Um, but I cannot think about my experience without the English language in general, like it, they were always intertwined. Mm -hmm. And what about you? Well, my story with English started when I was in kindergarten because that was the first English classes but, that I had. But I never was able to speak in it. I will say properly, but with an asterisk. So... Properly meaning not force myself to speak. So to be able to, to some degree, comfortably uh, communicate in any way, shape or form in English was until like that started, gosh, uh, years <laughs> Uh, I was probably like 12, 13 years old because um, in secondary school, we were split to groups with English based on our knowledge. And uh, my luck was I got as a last person, I got to better group in English. But after first class, I said, I can't. I physically cannot catch up with everybody because everybody was so far ahead of me. So I asked to transfer to a lower group basis on like I said to my teacher, like on this class, I don't know what happened 50% of the class. Just, I couldn't catch up with everybody. It was too fast for me, too quickly. Mm, yes. So then I went to lower group and I had my basis renew again. And I think upon that basis, I started actually learning the language. But how like, did you get so proficient? I mean, it's amazing. I don't know. That's the, <laughs> okay. that's the best thing. I, like, I cannot give you a specific time or event or trip or whatever that, okay, after this, I'm good. That's the craziest thing for me because uh, you are, of course, not the first person to ask me that. And I, I honestly, I cannot give you an answer. There are some steps here or there that I can see, okay, because I did this, like because I transferred to that lower group, I became more 
brave to use English language. And also this was the point in those three years of secondary school that I discovered that uh, English, Google, English Wikipedia had more information than Polish one. Ah, that was a great discovery for me too, yes. When I started finding and searching for information only in English, yeah. So this opened a huge door of information just like out of the blue here with a flick of the wand, (laughs) if you want. Um, So that was the first time that I started looking for information. So in order to look for information, in the read those information, I had to have my vocabulary a little bit bigger. (laughs) (laughs) And I wanted to ask you if you've ever had an experience uh, with uh, the English language in particular, but like it could be any language we're talking, I mean, about second languages in general, of course. It just happens that here we have English as a common language. Um, An experience like this one that I had when I was in high school, which was really cool and tender in the same way um with my so in italy uh you don't change your classmates for five years Mm -hmm. so uh you normally stay also in the same room so you normally get attached to one person who becomes your uh desk companion okay so my desk companion for almost the whole five years she was really very proficient in English as well but she had she happened to have a British accent and uh, it was wonderful because since we were really the ones in the class who had the highest level of English English was our secret language so we would comment on what was happening in the class or you know we would just talk about our personal things in, in English. English because we in knew school. nobody would understand and it was wonderful because in some way it felt like a magical language because it was only ours and did you ever feel that way sadly no because and this is the sad of tr- uh, saddest truth of uh, our schooling system and nobody could speak English to that level including me until certain point, of course. And then, uh, like, I really quickly suppressed everybody with my knowledge um, of English in the secondary school. I was the best in my group. So then also you kind of, like, sit and do nothing sometimes because you don't... You're already at that level when everybody else is trying to reach it. This is also my problem, uh, I realized recently in general, that usually I don't, I will never ever say that my level of English is supreme and I'm not native. And I will never be a native speaker. Of course. Mm But usually what happens is I'm the one with a higher level or one of the highest level in the group. So I can never practice my English speaking with somebody to be better. And I also want to ask you this thing, because this is actually something that I have experienced for the first time here in Hungary during my EVS project. And it's quite paradoxical, because all my life I have studied languages, so 
Of course, as a student of languages, your aim logically is to get more and more proficient. You know, so to acquire more and more sophisticated means of expression, so that you can come across as precisely as possible. That's the aim of learning languages. That、okay? would be, you know, so logical. Exactly, and. The interesting thing, and sometimes the unsettling, and sometimes also upsetting thing about doing an experience like this with people who have not my level of English, is that sometimes, instead of learning how to make my means of expression more sophisticated, I have to learn how to communicate everything with In simpler language. Exactly, which is. Completely paradoxical, of course, for a student of language, but it's also super interesting because the aim in the end is just to express yourself and communicate something, you know, efficiently. Well, that's that is interesting, and this is also something that happened to me a lot during last two years, I would say, because I always like my friends of the time of the period of time that we. Could um, hang out would usually be either my level, so then we are on the same level. There is no problem, but also then you cannot go above your level or lower. So I noticed that I started speaking more simply with everybody else. Because I was so used to simplifying my language, of course.、Yeah. So this is like this is interesting, like how you're getting to the certain point that you want to get. But if you have to do it, and you have to lower your language every time, at some point you're losing the higher level that you had. Yes, exactly, and it's. Interesting. I was talking about this with a friend of mine. He's an Anglophone,、uh, so his native language is English. But he is a student of languages as well because he studied、um, French and Spanish, and now he's also learning Italian. And、um, and it's quite paradoxical because I, well, outside of Italy, I was used to speaking with native speakers or people who were practically bilingual. So, you know, it's hard sometimes when you want to express something—a feeling or an idea—or just say, for instance, the other day I wanted to say the word shrimps. I wanted, you know, to express that we ate shrimps for dinner, but I said the word shrimps, but nobody knew what shrimps means. So, of course, how do you explain that? I mean, you know the precise word. You know. You have the vocabulary to know what to say precisely, but not everybody else has that precision of lexicon, and that sometimes it's so frustrating because you try yourself to better yourself so much so that you can get that level of vocabulary, but then you you are in a situation and in a context where that knowledge is useless. Yes. And, Not、um, only useless; it's sometimes hurting. Exactly,、you. exactly. And this is just mind blowing every time. Yeah. So that's why right now, whenever I speak with somebody or write with somebody, because、um, I don't know how is for you, but for me, speaking in English it's easier than writing in English. And this is because how、uh, I re- 
acquired my English knowledge because it was not through school, unfortunately. Well, unfortunately. There are, of course, pluses and minus on that side. But uh, my vocabulary and my way of speaking is through watching movies, listening to music uh, or watching TV shows. So because of that, I hear the word, but I don't see how to spell it or uh, how does it look like in the sentence even. So when I write in English, and I love writing English, like my notes, even my private notes, most of the times are in English. But I would be like, okay, it's this. How do you write this? And I will try write once. Nope. Second times. Nope. The problem is like, if I will get close enough so Google can autocorrect me, it's okay because mm, then yeah. I can see. <laughs> the problem is if Google doesn't recognize the word. Wow, yeah. <laughs> and But the trick that I learned recently, because th- your phone can like say to you, oh, what do you want? Mm-hmm. And you can say it back what you want. So oh, okay. I will just say the word and then it will show me the spelling oh, of it. Oh, there you go. And, uh, and this That's was like wonderful. when I learned that, I was like, okay, now I required no... Knowledge, new level of learning. <laughs> I am good. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. No, I must say that, well, I mean, I also just studied translation. So, of course, you need to get a level of language that is high enough to translate uh, literary works from one language to the other. I was also translating from and to French at the time in university. So, spelling was an important part of the process, of course. And, um, It was funny because you mentioned writing notes in English. I remember that when I first moved to France, oh my God, it was such a linguistic mess. I would write, you know, my thoughts in general in all three languages. Because while I was in Italy in, you know, a stable, familiar situation, I could quite well, you know, go from one to the other without having them mixed up, although they were always mixing up anyway, but it was just for me. I knew how to control them. But when I went to France, it just oh, it was just a whole bundle of chaos. And I remember writing one word in one language and another word in another language because that was the first one that came to my mind. Oh, what a mess. Oh, what a mess. I must say that then, I mean, with time and practice, of course, it becomes better. But I remember reading again those notes after some years and uh, really seeing that that linguistic mess was, was, you know, the representation of a mess going on somewhere deeper. And... um, It tells so much about where we are, I think, also the words we use and the languages we use. Because I don't know about you, but like, for me, Italian is a lot closer to my heart. I wouldn't know how to use any other expression. So English is the language I need to use even to myself when I need to find clarity because for some reason I don't know why um, maybe it's because I acquired it later or maybe it's because the language in itself is more direct compared with Italian which is which is true I mean I can 
you know, find you a lot of evidence and translation of that. But English is the language I need to make clarity, to get some distance. And um, it's so weird, you know, the this personal relationship with the language and what it does to you when you think about yourself in one of the two languages. And also what it does to you when you use them. Like, when I speak in Italian, for instance, I normally use a lower volume of voice. I don't know why. It's that's interesting for Italian. Yeah. In general. interesting also because... I don't know. I think we are different people when we speak different languages in some way. I would not know how to comment on that me personally. Because uh, although the Polish language is my language, this is my mother tongue, uh, nobody in the house would speak English to me because my mom, uh, my mom learned Russian and Spanish at some point. Uh, my father knew English, but like, who are you talking to in English when there are two other people that doesn't understand it? <clears throat> but uh, the fun, funny history that my mom was always tell me when I was very little, and I have no memory of it at all. Uh, my father would read me Winnie the Pooh in English and I would understand it emotionally. On the emotional level, I would understand it without translating, without saying in Polish what does it mean. He would just read it and I would laugh on the parts that were funny. But then somewhere along the way, I lost the understanding of the emotional understanding of language. And when I discovered the word of internet in English. I switched to English almost fully. So my day, norm, my normal day would look like, and this is high school. I would wake up, go to school. So school, of course, Polish, because this is Polish school. And then come back home and switch to English almost completely. So with that, for me, to some degree, Polish is more learning language, but also not because then on my university, when I went to Portugal, I studied every subject in English. So I have that weird mix of, I don't even know what, I caught myself like 99% of the time is that my brain thinks in English to me, not Polish. It's very few situation when Polish comes up and I'm always very surprised by it. It's like, oh, hello. Uh, <laughs> it's been like, a while. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and so for me... I think English is more expressional. There are some phrases that we use in Poland that I haven't found the right translation. And I don't mean translation just word to word, but the emotion that goes with it as well. But that's just a few words here and there or phrases 
that I can uh, replace, not translate, but replace in English very easily. So I don't have that emotional connection with... I would say right now that I have more emotional connection in English or to English language in general than to Polish. Which is incredible, I think. Also because... I mean, you have it without having lived properly, I would say, in an Anglophone country, which, you know, I can understand that, you know, if you're a migrant and you've lived 45 years of your 50 years life in London, then of course, sometimes you would even say that your mother tongue is not your mother tongue anymore. But you acquired this by yourself and that's it's it's really amazing for me because in some way it's kind of if you found you know Benny Goodman's clarinet all by yourself and that's amazing really well it is amazing it is uh, hurtful sometimes yeah for instance (laughs) for instance um, very few people in my family knows English so whenever I want to say something I need to mentally switch and switching mentally is not always easy. Um, and because I acquired a lot of knowledge on a lot of topics through English and just English, I don't have the words in Polish. I literally, I just don't have them. I don't know what the translation is. Because the way I... S- at some point started learning English is I would hear the word many, many times. I know what it means through visual representation and I know how to use it in the sentence because I hear people speaking it. So I know there are many words in English that I know what they mean. If you would tell me the word, especially describing an object, I can easily show it like this is this and that. And I have no idea how they are in Polish. So then imagine explaining somebody that topic who doesn't know English. Yeah. And in general, expressing yourself, I guess. I can't. Yeah. I'm not able to do that in Polish. That's incredible. And there has been many conversations with my mom specifically because she doesn't know English. She Now she started learning because she realized how stuck in English I am. So she's like, okay, I guess I need to start learning. That's very sweet of her. <laughs> so, um, and also she wants to travel. So, of course, the of two course. things go together. And we would have conversations where I need to have my laptop in front of me and translate every second, every third words wow. from English to Polish. Yeah, I think also for her to listen to you must be <laughs> oh, that's, hard. That's another history. Yeah. So the first month that I moved here, and of course, in even though I'm in Hungary, I uh, talk, think, work in English. This is very much English environment, English-Hungarian environment. So when you are using English every day, every step of the day, no matter what time, of day or night, it is, <laughs> your brain involuntarily switches to that language, prefers that communication. And every weekend, of course, I'm calling my mom to tell like what is happening, also to know what is happening in Poland. 
there was one day when I called her and I couldn't focus on Polish. Wow. Like, it was not possible. Every sentence that I have said to her on that conversation, I had to first say it to myself in my brain in English and translate word by word. Wow. And it was painful to me to focus on Polish. Like, I had a headache after that conversation. And that conversation did not last long because at some point my mom was like, you know what, I cannot listen to you anymore. Like, call next day, whatever, but we need to finish because it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't want to say it. I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> wow. Because wow. it was both sides. For me, it was hard to speak. For her, it was hard, hard to, to listen. listen. Because yeah. I was making so many mistakes while wow. speaking Polish that even for me was like, is this form correct or is this form correct? Because something also you need to know about Polish. English, you have a verb speak and that verb will have the same form no matter who are you talking to if it's a girl a boy a group a mixed group just group of girls just group of men in polish you will change the ending of the word depending who are you talking to or who are you talking about so if it's a woman one single woman it will be a different ending if it's a man single man it will be different if the group is mixed, it will be different. If the group is just women, it will be different. If it's a group of men, it will be different. Wow. Yeah. So imagine a brain translating <laughs> from seemingly very simple English yeah. to seemingly simple Polish, yeah. but with so many differentiations on every step of the way. Yeah. So at, I was making so many mistakes that at some point it was like, you know what? Yeah, maybe we should finish. <laughs> and you know, it's funny because you were, you know, this is a perfect assist because another thing I wanted to talk about is, and it really goes in the direction you were going to with this idea that English is simpler compared with other languages. And that's obviously true. I mean, it's one of, I think it's one of the reasons why it became so quickly the international language, because it's grammatically speaking one of the simplest on earth. And um, I don't know what you think about this, but sometimes I really like expressing one thing in one language rather than another, because there is a philosophical, like, substratus behind the language or below the language that makes your way of thinking in that language a lot different compared with, you know, when you're speaking with in other languages. For instance, in French, to say good luck to somebody, so I'm really speaking about very basic stuff. I mean, it's mostly the basic stuff that really tell you how advanced the language is. Yes, and also the philosophical identity of the language, I would call it. I don't know how to express it in any other way. To say, to wish somebody good luck in French, you say bon courage, which literally means means good courage. So instead of telling you, I wish that destiny or luck or anything fatalistic that I believe in will help you, I wish you to have the strength to do and achieve what you want to achieve and do. And philosophically speaking, it makes so much the difference. Yes. I mean, 
I like a lot better bon courage, like compared with good luck, you know. And um, the same in English. For instance, I wrote my um, MA thesis in English. And the rules, well, academic writing is also another chapter, of course. But one thing that differs from Italian is that in English, in academic writing, you use the I, the subject I. Why? I mean, why? Because you are the one writing, you're the one who did the research, you're the one speaking. So I did I this. I noticed. Exactly. In Italian, you cannot do that because to employ the first person singular is it sounds very uh, egocentrical it sounds very egotistic so you use a plural you use the first person plural so you say we did this we researched this we wrote this we found that obviously for an english speaking person's ears that is completely absurd because you're not i mean unless you're gollum and you've gone completely insane and you have multiple multiple personality disease it's only you doing the research <laughs> yes. so you're the subject and it's so refreshing and so relieving to read a paper or an essay written in academic english and to see this i you know just say clearly i am the one who did the work so i'm the one writing I don't know, for me, coming from Italian, where we have this we, always this we, that is there as a mystification in some way, or at least in my perception, because other people will say that the I is too egotistic, so the we is more polite, you know, it's more... Yeah, polite. Is, I think that's the good... But at the same time, why do you have to be polite if it's you who is right? Exactly, exactly. So, you know, the English mindset is one of saying, I did this, give me credit for this, you know? And I like that so much. I mean, philosophically speaking, there's... I mean, the difference is enormous. And have you ever remarked anything like this and maybe anything like this that made you, you know drove you towards English in some way? (laughs) (laughs) Now give me another half an hour to think (laughs) of the answer. No, no. Um, Mm. It, I mean, can also be very, very simple things because sometimes that's where the whole thing lies. I think what drove me to English was the simplicity of it. Just the pure fact that I don't need to think whether it's the word that I want to write has to be in this form or that form or is it um, non-personal form, personal form, if personal, which personal. (laughs) (laughs) So to be able to write a sentence very shortly but giving you all the information that you need to know because something that you um, also will give you a lot of view for the language. Once um, this was on the times when I was researching a lot of things in English, but I still was reading in Polish. Let's say half and a half. So there was a series of books. I don't remember the title. It doesn't matter. And I was reading about the books in English to have more 
updated information. Because, of course, with the Polish, it's about translation and when they will come out. And, of course, they will come out later than the originals because, well, they kind of have to. And I was looking on Wikipedia and there, uh, if you look at the book, at the certain book, on the top right corner, you will have like the short bio of the book, who is the author, the number of the book, and also the number of pages. And this is the, the key facts here. So in the English version, it's said that the book has 300 pages, let's say more or less. But I remembered specifically that the book that I read in Polish had like 500, 600 pages. And I was like, so is there something missing from like, or they added something? They're like, I don't know. So I um, I had the version, I think PDF version of English that English book and they started just like scanning the pages not really reading specifically just scanning I was like no no that's the whole book yeah that's also one thing they teach you in translation class normally on a finished product on a fin finished work so we're talking about novels and uh, you know lengthy works the English uh, version will be Normally from 10 to 20% shorter than the Italian or the French version. Yeah. And it's, I think, even more goes to Polish, that the percentage is even more. So for me, having that realization that our language needs so many words to express sometimes simple sentences, for me was like, okay. Yeah. Now, yeah, like, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because one thing that also changes, of course, is um, literature. And um, I always say that I studied languages just because I wanted to read books in their <laughs> original language. And it's I still stand by it. Um, it's funny because I wouldn't mm, call myself an authority on French poetry, but uh, so I will only speak about for instance, Italian and especially American poetry. Normally, the tendency for an Italian poem to be considered Italian, like the best, really, the quintessential Italian poet is Eugenio Montale. What he did with words was he was a magician with forms, with really, with the words themselves. So it's really all about w the sophistication you give to the form in which you express the meaning you want to give. On the contrary, in American poetry, especially modern, I'm talking about modern uh, and contemporary American and Italian poetry, the most American poet I can think of is, for instance contemporary poet. I'm thinking about Raymond Carver or I don't know about Bukowski, but in general, this idea that the poem doesn't need to be well-crafted 
in the sense that you need to find the very sophisticated words to say what you mean. You just have to say what you mean. The whole point about the American poet poem is the content. The whole point about the Italian poem is the form. And, I mean, that says so much to you about how Americans think and how Italians think. Because what is important for the one is not important for the other, or is less important, I would say. Of course, both things go together. But you place the focus on different things. And for me, there are times when reading Italian poetry, I feel like, like, please be straight with me, you know, please. And those are the times where I feel American poetry, for instance, is refreshing because it says exactly what they want you to understand. But at other times, I feel like American poetry is so poor, you know, the language is too simple. It's too poor. I mean, it's as if they were making a list of their food groceries, you know, of their groceries. While, and those are the times when reading an Italian poem, I find so much richness in the language. I think it goes both ways. You need both things. But it's true that it speaks to two different kinds of people that you are, you know? I have a question because you mentioned the Italian that is about words and sophistication. I am not literature person to the degree of poetry. I was never a fan, but maybe it's also because I never found a poet who spoke to me. Both may be correct. I don't hate poetry because... I see the beauty in it, but I'm not the one to actively search for it. But <clears throat> with that, of course, I had to have Polish classes and of course we had Polish poems and poetry. There are some poems in poetry in general that I will read it and it's Polish language that I understand. I am capable of understanding. Sometimes I may not be capable of communicating in language, but I always understand it. At least. <laughs> and I don't understand it because the language is so sophisticated to that level that I may see the first layer or the second, but the third, fourth, fifth, tenth that my literature teacher did, I was like, where are you? See that? No, just no. So I always had problems in those classes as well. But at the same time, there are some poets that are very easy to translate and uh, they're easy to understand with all languages. But with that in mind, while here on EVS, uh, our um, another volunteer from our organization decided that he'll write a blog post for our blog. And he took, because he was reading um, history of Poland, literal history of Poland, uh, he took a Polish poem. He took it without knowing the translation of it because there was no translation available to any language, including English. And he translated it kind of brokenly because, of course, you cannot. The worst thing was that the poet was from 
um, early 19th century. For me, that poem was like, this was old Polish. The thing is that I think because we are focusing so much on old uh, literature in classes, I could easily understand it. But then because he translated that to English and I said like, no, this is not the right translation. You are missing some few things. So then I was trying to translate it to English. Took me ages because I couldn't communicate the things that I wanted to through English language. So there are things that are non-translatable, of course, they will never be. Or if they are translatable, you are losing the form of the poem that makes it so brilliant sometimes. But at the same time, I'm not poet person. <laughs> no, really. I, I think I can find some poets that you oh, might enjoy. Uh, yeah, Probably. I never said that I didn't. There are some poems that I see, some quotes from poems some, that I truly enjoy. But I think I prefer long form. Mm -hmm. You prefer prose. And you know, it's funny because I wanted to talk to you about this because this for me was really an exceptional occasion it was uh, a couple of years ago i don't remember exactly when uh there is a festival in my hometown ferrara and it's a festival um organized by uh this geopolitics magazine and it's a geopolitics and culture magazine called internazionale international and uh john palairi who is an uh, American writer of Bengal origin who won also the Pulitzer Prize. She's absolutely amazing. She was uh, a guest there because she was actually presenting a book that was going to come out uh, in the following months that she had written in Italian. And she said, really, she told this amazing story. She said that when she was a kid, her parents came from Bengal, so they spoke Bengali in their home. But she didn't study Bengali in school, so she didn't know how to write in Bengali. Of course, the language of society and of school and of her friends was English, so she grew up between these two languages, the language of her parents and the language of society, the society she was living in. And at some point, while she, when she was like 40 or 50 years old, she decided that she needed a place, a linguistic place, and that is what's interesting for me, that was only her own. And so she decided to pack her bags, come to Italy, learn Italian, and start writing in Italian. Because that was the home, the linguistic home that she built for herself. And that was so wonderful for me. That was absolutely amazing. It is amazing. And I think this answers kind of to some degree the question that we asked at the beginning. Why do I prefer English or any other language for you than your mother tongue? Because you are missing something from your language whenever it was because you grew up in two different languages or you grew up in just one, but you couldn't express yourself in that way fully. That's why you go to another language. 
because I feel to some degree now hearing the story that this is also maybe not the case exactly for me, but English is my little home. English is my home that I never grew up in with. But at the same time, I was always present with English because the computer games mostly were in English. So here and there, of course, I was hearing the language. But now knowing it and wanting, of course, to know it more, I feel comfortable in it. And I feel way more comfortable in it than in Polish sometimes. Not always, of course, but there are some instances that I do prefer English. Because it's yours. Yeah. Because it's it's my language. That's <laughs> absolutely amazing for me, really. What she said that time struck me so much. And the way she spoke at that event, she spoke in Italian. You could see she was using the language in a very, very personal way. She was speaking in Italian the way, uh, really, a wondered tourist might speak it. She was absolutely in awe of the language and she was using it for her own poetic purposes, even when she was speaking about, you know, her whole travel to Italy and everything. And it was absolutely amazing to me because she made so clear something that I I had always known, and I think you also know very well, that is language and identity have a very, very, very strong link. And, um, and it has a lot to do also with, you know, self-affirmation, you know, and self-determination in some way. And it's so wonderful that you can do it, you know, just by, you know, just diving into another language and uh, suddenly becoming someone new and finding a new home. With that, for the closing, I have a question for you because you mentioned at the beginning that you speak um, quieter in Italian than in English. Are there any more differences between your free languages that you noticed? I swear a lot in Italian. I don't swear in English. And um, also, well, my level of French is good, but... Um, not that good, I think, to make such comparisons um, because I don't have that sensitivity to registers and um, I don't, I mean, I can translate in French, but oof, it's really hard for mm -hmm. me. So I would, you know, in French, the one thing I notice about Uh, me speaking in French is that I'm a lot more attentive to words. I am still as as Jumpalairi. I am very much in awe of the language. So many things that when I speak Italian or English, just I just ignore them or I just don't notice them. When I'm speaking in French, and I don't know, maybe a funny word or a funny expression, I, I notice them immediately because for me it's kind of still a curious language. Mm -hmm. So 
I'm still very much in awe of it, while you might say that with English and Italian, I'm more used to it. So I haven't, I don't have that sense of wonder anymore. Are, uh, are you speaking differently? And let me explain that. Because for me, I noticed that because my brain usually switched to English, I speak in Polish much slower. And um, less comfortable. So you, maybe you will not see it at first, but whenever you will have longer conversations with me and whenever I would have to switch between the language back and forth, I would be more careful with my words in Polish. I would take some time to form the sentences. And in English, I'm much quicker. Mm. I can say things like here we are studio, we are relaxed. So we are, of course, not on time. Like we have a lot of time to record. So, of course, I will not hurry with my uh, language. But if I can and if it's needed, I can speak very quickly in English. And I don't think right now I am able to do that in Polish. For me, it's more about the accent and um, very specific dialect words. When I am away for a while, even if I hear from my family and my friends on the phone or, or other things, I notice when I come back after a while that I have lost my accent most of the time that I have softened it into somehow a more standardized version of Italian. And also that many words that I used to say a lot more because I heard everybody telling them, I don't say them anymore because they're more regional. You mm -hmm. know, So it's very weird because when I come back after long periods of time of either not living there or just not speaking, you know, that kind of language, you know, I would call it language in some way, is coming back and realizing how far you've been. That's kind of also, it's also jarring, I think, when you realize how far you've been mentally, culturally, and also sometimes philosophically, as we said before, from the language you came from. Yeah. Yeah, and with that, I think we tried to answer the question of why do we prefer any other language, second language in most of cases than the mother tongue. Well, I had this, to be honest, I had this conversation. This is not my first time. And of course, this is not my first time with you having that conversation because I remember how much you were surprised to hear from me that I don't really think Polish. And uh, for me, it was surprising because here, I think I found first person in Hungary that doesn't think in their own mother tongue. And like, of course, I met many people and I had conversation with many people. I think that's the first person that is not bilingual, of course, because that's completely other case that we will not focus, of course, because we are out of time. Um, as always. As always. <laughs> um, but... Um, Many people does not understand when I say I don't think in Polish and always comes question, but how come? It just happened. Yeah. 
And also um, for the listeners who don't have that problem, uh, it is very much slow process, I think. It will not happen over the night because for me, I think for me that was good three, four years before I realized. I think I switched earlier than I realized, but the realization of it came like after good four years of like, okay, I, yeah, I have some problems with my <laughs> mother tongue. Like, you're really wired into another, yeah, another I, world. Yeah. Uh, my brain easily is. Mm-mm. I can say that 100%. My language is somewhere going in between, but veering off to English more often than Polish. But yeah. Did we try to answer (laughs) (laughs) the philosophical question of (laughs) languages? Of course, we could go on for three more hours as usual. So, yeah, but it's really, really, it's really a lot for me tied to a question of uh, identity in the sense that I often think of Italian as the only aspect of my Italian identity that I would really never live without. Like, you can take everything away from me, but if I still have the Italian language, I will still know who I am. And um, it's so weird because, of course, it's tied to the fact that I've always written and the fact that I love the written word so much. But maybe it's also tied to something else. I don't know. Maybe it's also tied to the fact that I'm not always in conversation with that part of myself. So it's really complicated. And It is a complicated topic. Like Yeah, but I think the answer is it's complicated. As most questions that we ask here in the studio, <laughs> I think... <laughs> But with that, we would like to thank you very much for joining us again to this lovely podcast. Uh, well, we we are hoping that it's lovely for you as much <laughs> as it's for us. We're having a lot of fun. Maybe some of that comes across to you. We hope so. We do hope so. <laughs> and with that, of course, we will see you next week on Friday, 10 a.m. as always, or whatever time you have to and listen to us. If you want to write to us, there is an email address you can contact us uh, from. Contact us through by. Ha! I don't know. You, ha. You Languages. Can, you can contact us at. <laughs> you can contact us as ourperspective.podcast at gmail.com Exactly. So if you want to know anything or want to ask anything or if you want to complain about anything, please uh, get in touch. But please do it nicely. (laughs) Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, we will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.